1: Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today's show is Mama Mia Do Men Surpass Women in Happiness? And this is a question that we're going to be talking about with my guest. Um, also, not only was this topic brought on by uh, a study that was just done, saying that indeed men surpassed women in middle after middle age or during middle age, um, and then <laughs> it also coincides with uh, the recent release of the movie Mamma Mia, which, if anyone listening to this has not. Seen that movie or gone to see the show? I heartily, heartily recommend it. It's a real feel-good um, show or movie, and beyond feel-good, it actually uh, it has a lot of a lot of good. You walk out feeling like um, it's never too late. It's not too late to make your dreams come true. And uh, we'll be talking about all of that with my guest. Her name is Carolyn Sutherland. She's the author of a whole series of books. Uh, called The Body Knows, and The Body Knows How to Improve Your Health, Cracking the Weight Loss Code, Hormones, and How to Stay Young, her most recent one. So welcome to the show, Carolyn. It's wonderful to be with you, Carol. Thank you. Well, let's talk about the movie for starters. I, I want you to know that I saw the play uh, in Los Angeles when it was here three times, and um and then I just went to see the movie yesterday. And it's, the movie is different. Did you see the play? Yes, I did. I saw it in
3: New York. I agree. It was lots of fun. And,
2: and it, it was interesting to see how, how they, you know, transitioned it from a movie, from a play to a movie. Um, some of the things I kind of thought were better in the play and some were better in the movie. But, um, I mean, for example... Well, let, let me give a little introduction for those of you who have not seen this in any form. Um, this is the story of um, well, it takes place on a Greek island, and it's the story of a young woman who is about to get married. It's the day, it starts out the day before her wedding, and everyone is planning for this beautiful wedding, and uh, you know, the whole island is all excited. It's a, a small island, and um, her mother. Uh, runs the inn on this island like a bed and breakfast. And um, you come to find out that um, her mother, who in the movie was played beautifully by Meryl Streep, um, fabulously, um, you come to find out that she has lived on this island for a while and that when she was younger she used to sing with two other women in a uh, in a group and a girl's group and the 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 background of course for both the m- movie and the play uh is the music of ABBA so it's all sort of um what is that 60s or it's hippie age music and um we come to find out that that the mother came has stayed on this island uh had had this dream to build a bed and breakfast on the, on an island and um She came there after having had a disappointing love affair, the love of her life, um, who went back, who left her after they were, you know, they fell in love and he sort of left her. Um, And it turned out that he left her because he was engaged. But there's, I'm trying not to give away too much, but there was this mix-up and, um, and he came back actually for her, and found out that she was already off with some other guys. She had these two other guys, and uh, who she was having um, uh, relationships with are not real flings. You know, they weren't really as significant as Sam, the one who she loved. And uh, but she thought he had totally abandoned her, and she was just kind of being with these other men um, for fun and because to help heal her broken heart. And so the daughter who's about to get married, had she read her mother's diary and found out that around the same time that she was conceived, the daughter was conceived, her mother had been with these three different men. And so the daughter has sent invitations to these men to come to her wedding, but she made them from her mother, not from herself, because, of course, the men didn't even know that she existed. And she was hoping to find out, she, she hoped she would recognize her father, just feel who her father was when he landed on the island. And, um, and in fact, she doesn't know right away. Um, she can't really tell. They're all charming in their own right. And um, they all you know, find her adorable as well, and, and, uh, and, And so that so, that's, so they arrive on the island, and when the mother sees them and they see the mother, I mean, they all think that the mother invited them, and they're all happy to see the mother again. And the mother is is um, heart, well, she's her, her heart stops when she sees Sam, the love of her life, because she thinks that he still is married or, you know, that he's abandoned her, and she doesn't understand why these three men are there, because she doesn't know that her daughter invited them. And her her daughter felt that she wanted to know who her father was, So that she could know more who she was, so that when she got married, she would feel that she knew who she was, and as her fiancé tells her, when he finds out that she's done this, kind of late in the game, um, that she needs to find out who she is by looking inside of herself, not by uh, wanting her father to tell her. So that's how the whole thing opens, And, um, and... well I'll, I'll i'll and they're all the 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 three men and um, uh the the mother and her two friend, her two friends come also so it's a whole it's a reunion for the three women a reunion for the three men and they're all middle-aged and um, and <laughs> i'll leave it there for right now but um it, it flows right into this whole question of um, what whether men or women can be happier in middle age and after. And why don't we talk about, I'll go back to the movie or the play later, but why don't we go into this study now. Carolyn, tell us about the study.
3: Well, a study was recently done in Cambridge, England, and it was a couple of researchers that had come up with information to show that in midlife, according to their statistics, that women were less likely to be happy in midlife than men were. And it showed that women had a tendency to spiral down into depression and get into, you know, emotional issues and so forth. And they largely pinned it on, and which, you know, the issues are legitimate, uh, the high divorce rate and, and marriage breakup, and then financial situations that women in midlife can find themselves in uh, not as comfortable as they were early in life, and that men didn't seem to have these same issues, that, w- that men were more comfortable and perhaps more prosperous, and they didn't seem to uh, have the same difficulties and challenges that women did. And what I felt was while there was some legitimacy to the study, and indeed, you know, women in midlife, and in fact in any time, because spiral down into depression from various challenges that they may be meeting, that this study was missing the most important piece for women, especially uh, postmenopausal women or middle, uh, women in midlife or middle age, was this hormone balancing piece. And I think that's so vitally important for feeling happy and upbeat and optimistic is balanced hormones. And that was what I wanted to bring out in my reasons for, for questioning the, the study that it perhaps had not dug deep enough and had not covered the biological, bio, biochemical piece, not just the lifestyle piece.
2: You know, um I am somewhat familiar with the study, but um not not the details in terms of whether there was a specific population. It, was it pretty much um did they try to have women and men in all different socioeconomic levels and all different parts was it just in the UK or in, in England?
3: That wasn't that wasn't really clear. It was 1200 1200- 1,200 people that they studied, and it just said that it was released from Cambridge University, and it involved these various parameters of what people felt uh, were, you know, what they were going through and why they were not perhaps as optimistic as they might have been earlier. And these were the the reasons that they brought out. So it wasn't wasn't totally clear where they had, you know, the, the socioeconomic group was not really mentioned.
2: Well, you know, of course, Freud says that the two main pillars um, that you need to be happy in life uh, is to have fulfillment in work and love, to work and to love. And so looking at each of those um, in work, uh, certainly it does seem true, probably in in England, just as in America, that there is still somewhat of a glass ceiling.
3: Yes. Well, we're very fortunate. I think. I think now, and I'm 64 years of age, and I am absolutely in the peak of my career. After 25 years of tilling the soil in what I do, as an author and, and a health expert, supposedly, so you know it doesn't really tally that that uh, fulfillment has to come earlier in life. A lot of us can have it come later in life, and as long as we have the health and and that we are have great energy, we can pursue our careers and feel very fulfilled at any time in life. And I think we need to feel optimistic about turning the corner into our 50s and 60s. And we can be very vibrant and fully engaged in life at that time.
2: Yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not saying that, that women are doomed to be unhappy. I, I just think the study is interesting as far as what it you know i 'm trying to understand the reasons for these things, but i I totally agree with you that there's no reason for men or women, no matter what age for that matter, um, to have to be unhappy because it's it really a lot so much of it has to do with becoming aware of things that you can do to turn your life around um, and and finding the willpower or or um Becoming more spiritual or tuning into the law of attraction, or you know lots and lots of things that we can do i don't think that that we have to be stuck in this. it's just kind of interesting and I do think, having spent some time in uh, in England that um or in Europe in general, a lot of times people do feel a little more stuck it's a little harder to um, break some of the molds or or um uh you know do it, depending again depending upon where and depending upon what kind of family background and how how uh, enlightened people are but it does seem i think there are a lot of people in jobs where this glass ceiling effect you know not not necessarily being entrepreneurs you know like you were talking about but where in in any country where if you're in a specific job and they have certain um you know, we still do have the structure. I mean, there has been a study recently, another, a different study, talking about how there still is the, this disparity between what men are paid and what women are paid, even today. Yes. We'll, we'll continue talking about this. Do women or men surpass each other in happiness and when? And Mamma Mia. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Carolyn Sutherland, and we'll be right back. You're listening to, to VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. 1 866 472 5787. And ask our All Star team to answer your questions. That's 1 866
3: 472
0: 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having
1: difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD.
4: Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel.
0: VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol
4: Lieberman.
2: Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking about, Do Men Surpass Women in Happiness? Mamma Mia! My guest is Carolyn Sutherland. She's the author of the series, The Body Knows, How to Improve Your Health, Cracking the Weight Loss Code, Hormones, and How to Stay Young, and that's her most recent one. We'll be talking more about that. Right now, we were talking about uh, the movie, Mamma Mia, and the study. They, they both came out during recent the recent past couple of months. And, um, but let me correct something I said. <laughs> Carolyn informs me
3: that ABBA was in the 70s. Oh, well, um, ha- it pretty much has to be because my daughter was born in 1969 and she wasn't a baby when that, uh, when those, ta- those ABBA songs came out and we'd go on picnics and she'd be dancing around the picnic <laughs> So, you know, it, it had to be the early 70s. To tell you exactly the, the year, I'm not so it, sure. It's but,
2: okay. It's okay. Just as long as... <laughs> thank yeah. you for correcting me. Right. Um, well, it was still a hippie time because uh, because that's uh, that's what um, you know. It was kind of cool in the movie to see um, photos, uh, which it's of course they couldn't it? do in the play. Photos of what these what they mm-hmm. looked like um, back in the day, and the men. Uh, well, of course, the Meryl Streep, the mother. Um, Looked like a hippie, but it was fun. And the men looked even more like, different and, and like hippies. Uh, she was a flower child, I guess. Um but, so we were talking about, uh, this study about love and, to love and to work. And in the movie, of course, uh, Meryl Streep plays the, 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 she owns her own inn, but, but she got the money to, uh, to buy the inn from a woman she had worked for who passed away. And um, so there really wasn't a glass ceiling involved. One of her friends, um, who seems to have <laughs> have a lot of money, she came there uh, for the reunion, and she had had lots of plastic surgery, and she had achieved her money um, by marrying what was it, three or
3: four husbands? Something by then. like that. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had had quite a illustrious past. It was interesting. But she was lots of fun, and I think that's one of the things now women in midlife are just going for. I mean, if they want to have plastic surgery and carry on and And have more than one relationship and do all sorts of interesting things. I mean, imagine we weren't—we wouldn't be able to do this sort of thing twenty years ago. Yes. Oh, I think it's fabulous.
2: I'm not—I'm just kind of comparing it to the English study and Mm -hmm. showing that that these women really weren't hampered by their. Well, I mean, they—they the glass ceiling didn't really apply to them because they got their money in other ways. And then the other friend, um, she was, I guess, what you—an entrepreneur because uh, she was a, a an author and um, whatever money she had she you know was out there on her own she she was a lone wolf as she called herself and uh so she had kind of made it on her own uh as an entrepreneur so the, the comparing the study to the women in the movie um, the glass ceiling factor didn't really play a role because they had had other ways that they were able to support themselves um And then looking at the love aspect of the study that says that women in middle age are less fulfilled with the love life that they have than than the men, which I think is kind of interesting because um, obviously to have a divorce, (laughs) there had to be a man and a woman. And so for the man to then be more fulfilled in love um, than the woman means that the man presumably went and got remarried.
3: Yes. Well, that's the the, the missing part that I was mentioning about the hormones because when women's hormones are balanced, and that can be done very easily now with natural hormone balancing, their libido, for example, does not decline. Their mental capacity is great. Their energy is great. They hold their interest, and their skin stays nice and elastic. And these are all factors. I mean, they, they may appear to be cosmetic. But over and over again, a woman who spirals down into depression and has a low level of energy is not particularly attractive, uh, not only, you know, to herself or other people, but to their significant others. And I think that is a big reason for, for divorce. I mean, mm. men aren't getting what they need to get. They're going to go and find it elsewhere.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but, so I think, I think the, um, the solution to that, um, is, that, uh, is this newly emerging, or or maybe I should say increasingly emerging with a new title, I guess, relatively new, um, women who are cougars. Have you heard of that? No, go over that. <laughs> oh, you need to know well, that because are that's... Saying, are you saying cougars? Cougars, yeah, like the animal. No, you bet. Ah, oh, yes, exactly.
3: So you have heard of it? Yes.
2: Okay. So, um, and, and you know, um, again, to be breaking out of the stereotypes and the moles that women feel um, feel trapped, that a lot of women feel trapped in.
3: Yes. Well, I just think it's a very individual thing. What I would like, what I wanted to stress in, in just, in you know, following up with that study just have people realize that this is a time of great optimism, this midlife time, just like the Mamma Mia movie showed, and that was so fun. I mean, there was a woman who started out with her own bed and breakfast, and sure, it was very clear that she uh, worked extremely hard at it, but she did have the capacity with that little in to have her own expression. And so we have that available to us as women and men now, but especially as women in midlife, and this has not been available to us uh, until just literally almost right now, I mean, within this last five, not even ten years, to the same degree as we progress in age.
2: What hasn't been available to us?
3: Well, for us to stay this level of vibrancy and energy and health and vitality and to be able to carve our own niche and, and have that level of health to do it, this has is, this is literally just been made available to us now.
2: Well, you're, what you're talking about, I think, is the, um, the, this whole new field of correcting hormone imbalances.
3: Well, it's the whole field of anti-aging, or I call it healthy aging, you know, quality of life aging, and we, we have that now. So when we see people walking down the street with walkers and wheelchairs and canes, We don't have to follow that path. That is not necessarily going to be uh, the the path that we will take because there are options available to us now in anti-aging medicine, which is why I wrote my book, The Body Knows How to Stay Young, that have literally now just come on stream and are, are available and haven't been prior to this time and haven't been accessible. It's more the education's there, the information's there, and the strategies are there that were not mainstream and you know they were not in the mainstream consciousness or awareness even a few years ago.
2: Well, let's start talking about that now. We've kind of laid the groundwork as to uh, um some of the 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 pessimistic way of looking at it from the study and the optimistic way of looking at it from the movie and tell us all about what what the Tell us about your book in uh, <laughs> in in the next thirty five minutes. Um, I mean, first of all, this whole phenomenon of hormones, and, and um, explain you know, start from sort of assume people don't really uh, don't know anything about that.
3: Yes, well, it's very exciting, and as you know, Suzanne Summers' book, the book Ageless, really was the catalyst for many people to start to explore what could be happening to explain some of their very odd symptoms. Why were uh, women and men, why were they losing their memory? Why was their cognition not where it was, say, a decade ago or even a few years ago? Why was the skin sagging? And, you know, why was their libido basically out the window? And people started to realize and put two and two together that that there was a component there Uh, related to hormones that they personally had not even heard about, second of all, let alone address. And so what Suzanne Summers did, and we really credit her a lot with getting the ball rolling, although that she has not been taken seriously by the mainstream. In fact, she's even been greatly maligned by the mainstream, especially the big drug companies. But what she did was she she shed light on this whole hormone piece for women to begin to explore. Now what happens... When hormone levels start to decline, and for some women it's in their late 40s and early 50s, then all of these various factors and these symptoms start to arise. And when you look at our mothers and grandmothers, when these symptoms started, they basically had no solution. There was no solution for this. And I believe women who predeceased us and who, you know, were our forebears, for example, suffered a great deal from depression and weight gain and, and, you know, libido issues and many things that were not addressed, and there wasn't really an answer for those, those issues. And so now there is. But what we did have for many years was uh, we, had, we had hormones available to us, but they were synthetic. They were derived from, uh, you know, pregnant horses. They were not human or bioidentical, identical to human hormones. And so these were widely used, but of course there were side effects. And there was a, an important study that was done by the National Institute of, of Health in the United States that showed that these uh, hormones that were derived from pregnant horses did have serious f- side effects as far as uh, heart issues and uterine and breast cancer, and that this entire study was stopped. And so what women did is the bolus, they just threw out their hormones that were called traditional HRT or hormone replacement therapy, and they didn't do anything about replacing hormones, and, of course, they went steadily downhill. And what I pointed out in my book is I showed various people, just did some anecdotal um, stories about different women and their experiences in having hormone balancing from the traditional standpoint, and then uh, once they threw their hormones away, realized that they were missing a quality of life and then what had happened to them after they pursued the natural hormone balancing. So this is extremely exciting, and this is the piece that we're missing. And not only that, but there's a lot more that's available to us. For example, growth hormone is something that for some people they can pursue as well, and stem cells, so we can go in and discuss those a little bit. Yes,
2: absolutely. I'm sure we all want to hear more about that. Very interesting. All right, we'll come we have to take a break. You're listening to Doctor Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Doctor Carol Lieberman, talking with my guest, Carolyn Sutherland. Her newest book is The Body Knows How to Stay Young and that's what we're talking about. So stay tuned.
5: What can you tell me
0: about Skills USA?
1: Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome.
5: Well it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. At
0: work. On the web at skillsusa.org. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about Do Men Surpass Women in Happiness? Mama Mia. My guest is Carolyn Sutherland. She's the author of the series The Body Knows How to Improve Your Health, Cracking the Weight Loss Code, Hormones, and How to Stay Young. And just before the break, we were talking about um, how even though there was a study uh, done in the UK that seemed to show that after middle age, women sort of went down in the happiness scale while men kept climbing. But it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, men can be happier and <laughs> And women can be just as happy, right, Carolyn?
3: Absolutely. I'm all for that. Let's raise the flag on that one. Uh
2: So why don't you continue with, we were starting to talk about bioidentical hormones, and why don't you first of all define what that is.
3: Yes, bioidentical hormones mean hormones that match. They're an exact match for the hormones in the human body. And once they start declining, which they do in midlife and even earlier, those hormones, if we want to stay youthful and vibrant and have all our faculties, they need to be replaced or replenished at a, a specific level. And so that's the exciting part. That's what we have available to us now. So they're
2: chemical, uh, you were, as opposed to the kind that are found in pregnant horses
3: or, or other yes. ch- These are these chemically bio No, no, no. These are made from plant-based oils. Uh, most notably, soy—the uh, the the oil from the plant soy, the soy plant—and also from uh, wild yam. And those two oils are are created into a compounded uh, cream, and then applied. It can be in a cream, it can be in a pill form. And they've actually been around, believe it or not, the 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 methodology for how they are created has been around since the 1930s and it was started by a man by the name of a scientist by the name of Russell Marker in the 1930s, and the big drug companies saw that this could actually be done, and they said, okay, how can you create this in a way that we can it, patent it? So they added on another molecule, and they were able to patent the thing, and uh, that's why we got into all of the, the, uh, the prescription uh, forms of it that were called Provera, and um, medroxyprogesterone, those sorts of things, because they could be patented. But the actual oil itself is uh, formulated into this uh, bioidentical hormone, and what that means is it matches the hormone that we have in our own body. And so, for instance, the progesterone that's made from the wild yam is identical molecule for molecule for the same progesterone that we have in our body. And as you know, when we decline in age, those levels start to drop. So as soon as they're balanced and applied, uh, very quickly, you know, within a few weeks, you notice a difference. And so, for example, men, um, they, they can start to develop memory issues, you know, being very forgetful, gaining weight. You'll often see men with a big paunch and breath. That's because they have too much estrogen in their body and not enough testosterone. They can also become moody and grouchy and fall asleep right after dinner and just be not fun to have around. And so what we can do for them is get a a test done, what's called free testosterone. So to test the amount of testosterone that's actually circulating in the blood, it's called free testosterone, have that measured, and if it's low, the man can go on to specific uh, testosterone Therapy And that's usually a gel that's applied to the skin once a day, and that can work wonders for all of those things. That's generally the hormone that's missing for men. But for women, the first one to really plummet or really drop is progesterone, and that's the one that's made from the plant, the uh, wild yam, And so that's the one that, that is determined, of course, through testing, through a medical doctor, or naturopathic physician, and in the United States a family nurse practitioner. They can determine through testing where those levels are. And the progesterone is the one that drops the most rapidly after uh, perimenopause or the beginning of menopause. And then we need to look at estrogen. If estrogen is low, then the, the, the woman may be having memory issues, being forgetful, uh, skin elasticity issues. And then, of course, the big one, of course, is bone density. And when you look at the drug companies and the number of drugs for osteoporosis, the issue with uh, osteoporosis is the relationship between estrogen that breaks down bone and progesterone that builds it back up. And if those hormones are missing, that woman uh, can, you know, be having issues with her, with her bones and structure and the density. And so that's important to look at. And then women need testosterone too. Uh, what you'll find with testosterone is it's focused, balanced libido comes from making sure that testosterone is um, calibrated at a correct level and, if needs be, it's replaced. So it's very exciting. It has to be done very carefully with a practitioner, a medical doctor, as I mentioned, and it's something that you watch and you monitor with your uh, physician the whole time that you're doing this kind of work, and it is expensive. It ends up being several hundred dollars a month, but for the quality of life that the person has, in midlife and beyond, is is really well worth the price. And so these are the, the types of hormones. Does that, does that answer your question? Yes, about yes. I, well, now, but
2: um, okay, and you were starting to talk before the break about growth hormones, so that would also be a factor for men and women, right?
3: Yes. Now, we'll, we've, we've received a lot of negative press about growth hormone in relationship to performance enhancing for athletes. And the way growth hormone and other hormones are used at that time is in high doses. It would be, you know, performance-enhancing dosing uh, for serious athletes who, who just, you know, go full force with these sorts of things is totally inappropriate for the average person. So growth hormone, just like the other hormones, is administered based on blood work. It's done through testing and it's done through a medical doctor, and it's a very, very, very minuscule amount. But what you notice, and it might not be necessary until a woman or a man was in their mid-50s, for example, or even older, but the very noticeable effect is energy. The body weight returns to normal. There's tremendous vitality, and it's like a door opens and a belief that enters the system that the person is, in fact, young. In other words, you don't get the feeling that you're aging at all. I mean, sure, you may look down at your skin and the skin may be wrinkled, but you have this wonderful expanded feeling of eternal youth, and I can't recommend it more highly, but none of this works unless the person is absolutely taking their entire kind of health picture and lifestyle picture very, very seriously. So in other words, None of this is going to work if the person's hanging out and having, you know, donuts every morning and four cups of coffee and drinking, you know, three glasses of wine the night before. The only way it really works is if they have a terrific diet, not a lot of starch, not a lot of sugar, and not a lot of toxins through that they're consuming through the diet. So it doesn't mean that we can't have a wonderful life because we can, but it just means that we're looking after our health in as many ways as we can, that we are exercising and we have good lifestyle choices. But when you add these hormones on top of that, you've got this terrific uh, kind of overall prescription for vibrant youth, and that's why I wanted to write this book, because I wanted people to feel very optimistic, and because I was in my 60s, and I was following this kind of a path, my publishers wanted me to talk about why it is that I look and feel so good, and how could we pass this on to others. So it's exciting. It's exciting. And then the next step... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, before, don't leave that yet. Um,
2: how, how, how many years ago did you start doing this?
3: I started totally by accident working on my health when I was 39 years of age. So I've been following a very wonderful, healthy lifestyle now for over 25 years. I got into this because I was in ill health and had the beginnings of a serious illness. And so all of that, by total, you know, sheer luck of the universe, got cleared up and and, uh, got right back on track when I was 39 years of age, and I was very interested to see how could a body that had the beginnings of a serious illness and a, a whole multitude of symptoms, how could this body turn that around? And I knew that I'd witnessed something that was really miraculous, and I wanted to share it with others, and I've made that my passion, of course, which keeps me very excited about life is to be passionate about it. Um, So I knew I wanted to educate others about it.
2: Well, okay, but at that time, is that when you got into hormones or or were you starting with something
3: else? Because at that time when I was 39, I got into holistic medicine uh, in in, in its entirety, everything in relationship to diet, to working out, uh, to to understanding the role of fungi, bacteria, bacteria, and, and all sorts of other components that were all woven together and I started to uh, learn about that and then I was asked by a medical doctor to do allergy testing in a clinic and I became extremely psychic around patients and so the base of my work is all done on intuition and what I pick up from clients intuitively and then see where these imbalances are but it's based on my own experience as a patient and then being an allergy testing technician.
2: And so, when you started using the hormones,
3: did you um, uh, do... didn't start that till I was sixty? Okay. I've only been doing hormone balancing for four years.
2: Okay, and what what changes did you see that the hormones made?
3: Well, you get you get your youth and vitality back. You get boundless energy. Your body rate returns to normal. Uh, you don't suffer from depression. You've got great, clear thinking. Libido is great. So, just all the things that you have when you're young, you get all that back. And sure, you know there might be a few more lines in the face, and and maybe you know, I, I you know I've, I I have I'm sort of one of those bottle blondes, but you know naturally there's going to be some graying in the hair. So one is one is still aging, but one is aging much more slowly, and we have the vibrancy while we are aging.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. There, I mean, I guess there. You kind of alluded to it. There is some controversy about this, but it's interesting that you were saying that the, the controversy has to do in regard to the growth hormone with the fact with the dose levels. Yes. Now, yes. what about stem cells? Yes.
3: Well, well it's oh. very exciting.
2: <laughs> what about stem cells? Well, we'll have to come back to that when we after the break. Um
3: hey,
2: You bet. <laughs> uh, And also when we come back, we'll give you all information about not only where to buy Carolyn Sutherland's books, um, and we'll give you her her website and so on, um, but we'll also give you some more information so you can check into this for yourself, see if this is something for you. I don't know why not. (laughs) So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
0: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today, Caroline Sutherland. Um, I haven't quite been pronouncing that correctly. Caroline Sutherland. You may well have Seen her or heard of her yourself before now. Um, She is the author of a whole series of books called The Body Knows How to Improve Your Health, Cracking the Weight Loss Code, Hormones, and her latest, The Body Knows How to Stay Young. Before the break, we were talking about stem cells as one of the tools that men and women can use to stay young. How does that work?
3: Yes. Well, before I want to get in uh, get into the stem cells for a minute, I just wanted to say that you have something to offer that's really the, the the key component in staying young, and that's reducing stress. So you've got relaxation CDs that you help people to reduce their stress with, and if they can do that, that will really help them stay on the plus side of the aging coin. And then the other one is to reduce their consumption of sugar. So starch and sugar get that well down because sugar breaks down the cell. Uh, wall, and we want that cell to be very, very, uh, have a lot of integrity to be able to process other nutrients. So keep the sugars down and the stress down, so there's two S's to keep them down. Mm -hmm. The stem cells, which is another S, is something that people can consider uh, It's being done now where stem cells are being harvested and kept until a person is of a certain age, and then they're re-injected into the body, and that's one of the anti-aging techniques. It's quite expensive, but I think it'll become less and less expensive and more mainstream, within the next five years probably. But what it's being used for now, which is very exciting, is people that have heart disease and they have Alzheimer's and multiple sclerosis, and they're actually harvesting these stem cells from um, from the umbilical cords. Once so once a baby's born, they harvest those stem cells from the umbilical cord, and then they inject them into these patients. And there are clinics. There's one uh, right now in Costa Rica that's doing a very good job of bringing back people from Alzheimer's and and, uh, cardiac issues. So it's exciting. And if people want to spend the money and do it, everything is there for them now to be able to do. Sure, it costs money, but I think health and being vibrant is, is, you know, is worth every cent of what people are spending.
2: So, okay, but let me, so you're saying that they're taking the
3: stem cells from babies. That aren't no, no, related. no, 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 no. They're not. They're not babies. It's from the umbilical cord. Once the baby well, I meant that. Born. But I mean, right? Uh,
2: okay. But I mean, these umbilical cords. Yes.
3: <clears throat> the stem cells are not related to you. That's right. They're considered universal. They're considered sort of universal stem stem cells, and they're used from that source. So they're not killing off embryos to do it. But that's right. the source that they use, and they're considered universal. And what's interesting about the stem stem cells? As they go right into the body, they go directly to where there's a need for repair, which is really quite remarkable. So they go in directly, and those stem cells know exactly where to go to repair, and they'll repair organs and tissue that is in a state of of, uh, disrepair. So it's very exciting, and that's an option that's available for people. I mean, sure, it's not everybody's cup of tea, and I don't know that I would consider doing it, but just to know it's there, I think, is is
2: interesting. And it's interesting you mentioned that it's in a clinic in Costa Rica is that because so it's still it's not I mean I I know here there are they are doing
3: taking um harvesting adult. stem cells from yes. adult stem cells what did you say they they're called adult stem cells mm-hmm. and 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 they're that's not necessarily you know the the route that uh, you know, might be the most useful for people, they're, they're, you know, we understand that we don't want to be using embryos and taking the stem cells from them, but these, this is material that is actually going to be thrown away and discarded, so they're using those uh, stem cells from the umbilical cords at a clinic in Costa Rica and other clinics uh, overseas, and you know, not in the United States, because to date, it's not legal to be doing stem cell therapies in the United States, but hopefully, you know, in time, it will become legal, but... It's, it's interesting. interesting.
2: Yes, do you why do you think that is? I mean, do you think it's because same thing with the pharmaceutical industry
3: that they're trying to mm. you know, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's religiously based. Mm. Mm. I don't I don't think it's related to the pharmaceutical companies because these therapies are not going to be mainstream for some time because they're very expensive. To do a course of stem cell treatments in Costa Rica, for example, the cost is about $50,000. Mm. But if you think of furnishing a house, it's going to cost $50,000 or more and a person is sick and they've got heart disease or Alzheimer's, that's very, very inexpensive. Yes. You can do without a hundred percent success rate now with autism. A hundred percent success rate with autism hmm. in at this particular clinic that I'm aware of in Costa Rica. Wow. So it's exciting.
2: Yeah, that's very interesting. It would be interesting though to see some years down the line whether there is any uh whether there's any downside, you know, from from the fact that you're sort of crossing that, the, that these people aren't even related to you. Y- you know what I mean? Is it because like you're matching um, with other kind with organ donors, for example. You try to match yeah. people. Well, th- yeah. but that's fascinating though, and certainly
3: it's worth living without furniture to be living. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, have, if someone has a heart attack or something, there's there's an option. Yeah. You know, that's it's just nice to know that there are things available. Yes.
2: Well, um, why don't you, before we run out of time, tell people um, what information they need in order to be able to um, find your books and find your website and so on.
3: Oh, that's, that's great. Thank you so much. My website is carolinesutherland.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, Sutherland, S for Sam, U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D.com. People can email me every Monday. We have teleconferences that are free for people around the world, and I answer their questions and do spot readings. That's just tune into them and get a sense of what's out of balance and answer their questions. And my books, All the Body Knows Books, and my latest one, The Body Knows How to Stay Young, they're all at your bookstore or on my website or through Amazon or Hay House, which is my publisher, hayhouse.com. So it's exciting, and thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. And Carolyn is a medical intuitive, um, having grown up in a family where there were doctors. Your mother was a dietitian. Your father and grandfather were medical doctors, and that um, got you interested in all of this. And and I guess used to what seeing um, which kinds of patients had what kinds of disorders.
3: Well, it's more a sense of what was out of balance, and when I first started working in a a clinic as an allergy testing technician, I was very lucky because I did work for doctors, and I was able to give them what would be called my intuitive impressions or insights into the patients, and by and large, for the most part, they would be validated through the patient's chart, and so the doctors would um, often take into consideration the insights that I had that were intuitive and beyond the testing And it was very, very fine-tuned what what was able to happen after that in terms of treatment and in in terms of, of, um, you know, these people being able to turn around. So it was an exciting start, and it gave me a real great, Platform and background for the work that I'm doing now.
2: Yes, and, and sharing with us um, how, in fact, uh, it's not about men surpassing women or women surpassing men. It's everybody can be happy. So I guess the the bottom line is that if this is something that you people are uh, think that you might be interested in, check out Caroline Sutherland's website, which is carolinesutherland.com, and um, uh, and also tune into her Monday teleseminars and uh and find out more about it and it certainly at at the very least it is worth going to a doctor and getting tested to see what levels your hormones are especially men they they feel that you know menopause or or middle age or hormones you know you hear, they hear the word hormone and they think it's just a woman's thing and in fact low testosterone really is the cause of so many problems and so many uh unha- so much unhappiness um, i also want to t- Sort of go full circle and uh, tell you the moral of the story of uh, Mamma Mia, not not spoiling all of it for you, but uh, in the movie anyway, which ends a little differently than the in the uh, play. Um, there's a fountain that sprouts up in between a crack. A crack has appeared in the ground, and at the end of the show, after um, love has been <laughs> has been rekindled, um, this this fountain of youth. Uh, Flies up, you know, sprouts up and covers everybody with uh, wonderful, fresh, clear water, and on this warm island in, in Greece, and uh, they had talked about how this was Aphrodite's fountain. There was um, a rumor that uh, this was is Aphrodite's island, the goddess of love. And so, the bottom line to all of this is that, in fact, besides hormones, if you open your heart to love, um, you can be renewed and refreshed. And return to youth if indeed you you don't close up because of past hurts, but you open your, your heart to love. And, and that, too, can make you feel happy and youthful and live longer. So the answer is, <laughs> just like plastics in uh, the movie Mrs. Robinson, um, the story is hormones And love. (laughs) And with that, I'll thank my guest again, Caroline Sutherland. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol
3: Lieberman.
1: Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.